Um, where were you born? When were you born? I was born a long, long time ago in a place far, far away. <laughs> Another galaxy. <laughs> it was a galaxy far, far away. Yeah, I was born at a very young age, too. Um, <laughs> And, and have not yet um, uh, matured. Um, so it, it, I was born in New York City in 1950. And what, what month I'm interested in your astrological sign? March 14. Is that um, uh, Aries? Pisces? Pisces. Pisces. So do you identify at all with being two fishes? Uh, I, I'm a, I, I was a competitive swimmer, if that counts. <laughs> I yeah, still hold the New York City record. <laughs> That's great. Um, so, do you know your Myers Briggs or your Enneagram or your Chinese Five Element personality type? Any of those interesting? No, I'm, I'm reasonably confident I'm not Chinese. Um, <laughs> and the the uh, but in terms of the rest of the stuff, I don't know it at all. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's it's fascinating. So sometime when you have a minute. It's, it's, I think it's worth checking out. Um, what was there about your childhood that led you to be have a PhD in sociology and to have the courage to explore hands-on healing? What was your What were your parents like? Uh, I, I I've never tried to connect those two together. Well, let's try uh, so, now. So they're, they're two completely different questions uh, to me. Okay. Um, I, as a kid, I never thought I, I, of getting a PhD in sociology or to look into hands-on healing. So um, I, I was victimized by it uh, sometime, uh, sometime after childhood. Um, and and my my parents were good. Pa I mean, I had a good 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 upbringing. I, I was raised on the outskirts of New York City, uh, in Douglaston, uh, in a la la land uh, on a peninsula. And uh, had a wonderful childhood, and you know. What about siblings? Uh, they had wonderful childhoods too. Uh, uh, we shared the same parents, um, <laughs> and <laughs> I have an older sister and a younger brother. So you're middle child. Middle child. Um, did your parents emphasize the importance of getting good grades and going to college? Um, I, I I I never had problems getting good grades. Um, so that, that, that wasn't an issue to me. Well, the, sometimes they say that middle child children get a little bit, not ignored, but they don't have as much focus on them as the first or the third. Did you find that or not? No, no, no. I, I, I have, I have no real issues or hassles or anything like that growing up. I lived in La La Land and had, uh, frolicked about as a normal kid. <laughs> you didn't have any teen experiences of angst or not feeling you didn't fit in or something? Oh, like... heavens. Heavens. No. Okay. Oh, because you were a swimmer. I, I, I was a swimmer. I was, you know, reasonably good athlete and reasonably good most stuff I tried. Right. And then yeah. where were you? I didn't you... have an angst-ridden childhood at all. <laughs> Where were you in undergrad? Where did I do it? Yeah. I actually did it on a swimming scholarship at uh, Niagara University. And what did, did you major in sociology? 
No, I actually started in chemistry and math, um, and it was uh, boring. You know, it was pretty boring. I never met an integral equation I couldn't solve, uh, and, and uh, differential equations were kind of obvious to me, and I couldn't see the points. I needed something a little bit more complex, uh, and so I switched to a more interesting uh, area. But, but this, you know, I, I, I'm reasonably good in, in math and those kinds of things. Um, what part of sociology interested you? Your, your area is statistics and research, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it, it was pretty interesting to me, the, the uh, complexity. So uh, it, it, they're, they're, if you take physics, uh, physicists have the illusion that they can explain chemistry, uh, whereas they can't. If you knew everything about physics, you wouldn't know anything about chemistry. If you know everything about chemistry, you wouldn't know anything about biology. Uh, and there are folks who take a uh, study, I mean, I've, you've probably heard of it, they've even studied individual humans uh, and thinking that they can understand behavior. I mean, that's bizarre. Uh, <laughs> that's as nutty as saying I studied frogs and I can say something about people. Um, the, the, uh, there are no individual people. Uh, they're all humans, unless they're born without parents. Uh, and have never come into contact with someone else are always group bonded uh, and products of group behavior. Uh, you can tell by your questions, you don't believe in individualism, that's a good thing, um, by, by asking about siblings and family and upbringing and all that, everything is a group question. And so uh, even then I probably was not a reductionist. Um, you know, individual psychology, where are, you, where are you going to go with that? It doesn't mean anything unless you understand the group boundaries, uh, boundaries and the groups from which all behavior arises. There are no individuals. It'd be as crazy as saying that someone uh, has an individual identity. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. You're, 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 you're different depending on who you're with. Uh, so you're different with at school and you are at work that you're a different person with a, a mate versus a versus I mean, you know, who's the real you? Uh, so if you're not a reductionist and you're, and you're kind of interested in the complexity of people Then I think sociology makes a lot of sense Right. Did, did you go right on to grad school after you graduated? No, no. What'd you do? Uh, I, I, I uh, whittled a little bit and um, Hung out and and um, um, I went, you know, reasonably soon, just because nothing good was on TV. Uh, but I, I didn't have any grand plans. Uh, it was a way of of uh, you know avoiding making anything approaching an adult decision. <laughs> Where yeah. did you go to grad school? I, I wouldn't I wouldn't call that I wouldn't call that courage. I would call that just you know avoid avoidance of you know reality. Reality is right. clearly overrated. <laughs> Where did you go to grad school? Uh, Fordham. Uh-huh. All right. And that's where you got your PhD. Yeah, I was interested in, um, I was interested in crime, and the, the, the place to go 100 years ago was uh, Fordham. That's where, that's where the money was, and that's where the production was. You were interested in preventing it, or what? Oh, no, heavens no. What were you uh, interested in? I was, I, I was interested in, in trying to understand the phenomenon. So if, if you're going to study something, what you're really interested in is the cause. Yeah. So, so I, I was more interested in a couple things. Why, uh, you know, what, what was thought to be known about causes. Uh, and also, I was very interested in the, in the changes in, um, in attitudes about over time. So 
uh, what's of particular interest to me is how things come into and out of fashion. Uh, so how, how is it, for example, that for a while people thought the cause of crime was genetic and then after a while they thought it was this and then they thought it was that and then they thought it was the other. And I was looking for the social context in which these things change. Uh, this is, uh, these are subsets of the sociology of knowledge. Uh, one of the subsets of the sociology of knowledge is the sociology of science. Uh, and so I was interested in what would, today would be called uh, paradigmatic shifts in thinking. Uh, so if, if, for example, you came out of a, of, a, of a place that was talking about, you know, weird stuff, under what conditions would the weird stuff be accepted and under what conditions would the weird stuff, you know, not be accepted? And, and what's the relevance of factual information and, and, and such in that, in that transition? Weird stuff. What, what's an example of, of the context, differing contexts of weird stuff? No, weird. Well, I mean, I, I'm just you were responding to you saying that you just came out of a weird stuff conference in Toronto. <laughs> so, so uh, uh, what what would make the weird stuff acceptable to people, and what would make it not acceptable? Is it is it uh, a lack of evidence that keep makes it weird? Uh, what what makes the paranormal normal? You know, things along those lines. So you must have read. Kuhn, K-U-H-N, is that how you pronounce his name, who talks about paradigm shifts? Uh, some people pronounce it Kuhn, some people pronounce it Kuhn, uh, depends. I just call it the guy, yeah, but even more interesting than him uh, would be folks like uh, Michael Polanya, uh, Karl Popper, um, folks like that who um, uh, take it a little bit farther than, than his, his basic model uh, was based off uh, natural sciences uh, and the transition of that uh, to social sciences. It, it, it turns out that, that, you know, people use paradigms. It's like a, a, a buzzword now. It's, uh, it's almost like saying quantum, you know. I mean, you hear the word quantum all over the place. It has no meaning whatsoever. Uh, and, and the word paradigm has been so overused that... Um, it, 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 it strikes me a, li a little bit grating. So if, if you read um, even Kuhn's writings after the second edition of The Structure of Scientific Revolutions, you know, the, the, the thing has evolved. Uh, and, and right now it's just a loosely held idea, um, you know, like, you know, people talk about quantum collapse of the wave function. Oh, for crying out loud. You know, it's, <laughs> it's there's even something called quantum healing. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's bizarre, um, but there are folks who actually go for this. So, do you? It, can we say that a um, a paradigm is a worldview, or what do you think is a more uh, precise definition of of a paradigm? A paradigm is a set of untestable presuppositions through which theories are derived. And do you agree with people like Larry Dossi that? we're in the transition from a materialist paradigm to a non-materialist paradigm, a new way of viewing science? I don't know. Uh, I'm about to, uh, I'm organizing a conference on that, and Larry's one of the speakers uh, in, in, uh, at the Society for Scientific Exploration. We're having a conference in June uh, outside of Boulder um, on consilience. 
And consilience means taking uh, divergent uh, ideas, fields, thoughts, knowledge, and trying to bring it together. And and so it, it, I've heard people talk of post-materialist. Yeah. Example. That 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 that's a that's a nutty term. Uh, post-material. Well, what is it? You know, to say it's it's not materialist is not to say what it is. And and so among my frustrations is to say post-material is just you're you're I, I I'm telling you what I'm not. And, and so uh, we at the Society for Scientific Exploration have been doing studies for, you know, 35 years now on um, scientific anomalies. And so we, we've, we've shown that, um, you know, this, this way of thinking about the world is wrong. This way of thinking about the world is wrong, you know, like materialist kind of stuff. Materialist thing doesn't make any sense. This doesn't make any sense. This doesn't make any sense. And finally, I said, you know, give me a break. Uh, so I said, next year, the conference, I'm the president of the SSC. I know. Uh, ne next year, uh, let's have it on not tearing down the world. Let's see what we can come up with and reorganize it. Um, and so what is the alternative model that we could hold? You know, I think is more interesting than what aren't you? Uh, so post-materialist, I think, is a little frustrating to me. What are you? You know, describe what, what, what it is you do and what you... What, what, you, what they say is that so, consciousness so I, uh, comes first. Yeah, we, we just got about 70 uh, proposals to give a talk at the SSE. We can't, we can't hold that. But we got a proposal to do about 70 talks at the SSE. And um, uh, the, uh, the, the question is, how can we bring together different schools of thought and different ways of thinking? And, and let's come up with something new. You know, in the natural sciences, and I'll go back to Kuhn, um, you, you can speak of, for example, Galileo. You know, Galileo uh, went to Kmart, bought a telescope, you know, looked up and said, huh, that doesn't make any sense. And, and so took, uh, took the, the, the Earth-centered universe and said, that doesn't make sense, that doesn't make sense, that doesn't make sense, that doesn't make sense. But Galileo was a pain in the butt, you know, and, and you know, he's just an annoying guy. You know, I understand why you throw him in prison. You know, stop already. Uh, don't tell me what everything's wrong. Tell me what's right. That's what I'm trying to get the SSE to move to. Okay, everyone says it, they use the word consciousness. Consciousness comes first, and then it manifests the material. It's not material manifesting consciousness. So that that comes up a lot. Yeah. That doesn't do it for you? I mean, it does. It does. It doesn't, but I think it's too simple. So if, 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 you look at, if you look at the data, you know, if you, if you have materialist or materialism and non-materialism or post-materialism or a-materialism or whatever you're going to call it, um, sometimes the materialist models still work. So I don't think it's an either-or. I think I think that that that's like my my uh, my toy is better than your toy, you know, kind of a thing. Uh, I, if you take a materialist orientation and you look at the data, then I think it's reasonable to say that it doesn't work. You know, there's too many holes in it. But that that that's like Galileo, you know, looking up and going, "That's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong." So we can make a whole laundry list of things that don't make any sense by a materialist model to say that consciousness comes first is maybe emotionally satisfying, but it's not really descriptive. Do you have any wild ideas of what would be more descriptive as, as an alternative to a materialist paradigm? 
No, not really. I mean, I, I have a couple of couple of ideas, but every once in a while, see, we have a materialist bias, and and so we, you know, people who who want the primacy of consciousness still go back and they do conventional studies in science on the primacy of consciousness. Well, the the, the conventional studies in science are based on a materialist set of assumptions. And so you become a schizophrenic, you know, or you're at least bipolar or something like that. And I think most working people are bipolar um, uh, in that we pretend that the materialist doesn't work, but we're not sure. So we call it post this, uh, but we don't say what it is. So we say consciousness is primary, uh, primary. Well, you nor I nor Larry nor anybody else has any idea what consciousness is. And so you can't use it as an explanation. You follow? Yeah. So that's what I what I mean by it not being. It's it, if we take one set of assumptions and beliefs, and we convert to another set of assumptions and beliefs. You know, we may feel good for a couple of days, but I, I don't know that we've solved anything that's real. Um, we, we've we've gone from one thing to another, and and, and so my my thing is beware belief. I, I go under the working assumption at this point that everything I believe in is wrong, and and I'm comfortable with that. Um, and and the reason I've come to everything I believe in is wrong is because I've done so many studies. <laughs> and every time I do a study, I find that I'm wrong. And at first, you know, you 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 fight that, and then after a while, you embrace it. And I can tell you, there's nothing more liberating than realizing everything you think is true is wrong. It's kind of a Zen state of mind. Yeah, I need to say even the Zen people are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but doesn't quantum non-locality tell us that there's there's some information field that connects entangled particles? So there is something that's tangible in a way that's non-material. Yeah, photons and electrons. That, that's different than frogs. Yeah, but they, they can communicate non-locally. So but the question is, what allows them to... Talking about frogs or photons? Uh, photons. <laughs> <laughs> or entangled human beings. Yeah, oh no, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. I've, I've written papers on that. So yeah, what, uh, uh, what allows uh, that communication? I don't think it's entanglement. I think it's resonance. But, but I quibble. Uh, entanglement tends to be a one-directional process where resonance is fluid. Uh, so I, I, I certainly accept non-locality, uh, but I but there's also locality. So so that's what I mean by it's not all or one. Right. So I, I you know I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure this is here. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'm pretty sure it's here and it's not here. Right. Uh, but could I get this to be in resonant communication with another one someplace else? Probably. You know, but that doesn't mean there's no locality anymore. Uh, it means that sometimes it's this and sometimes it's that. Um, and, 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 and so I don't think it's an all or none situation at all. Right, because uh, we, like we do have a brain with brain waves. <clears throat> I mean, it is a material thing. So it, material exists. There's no it exists. On the other hand, I have a paper where I showed uh, two brains at a distance going into phase lock. I mean, that's reasonably interesting. Very now, interesting. The, the person wasn't walking down the street going, oh, there, there it is, you know, kind of thing. Uh, but the brains and I, the cross-correlations we did, I mean, this is in hundreds of places in the brain. 
uh, there's not even a location in the brain. And so all over the freaking place at all sorts of different frequencies, the brains go into phase locking at a distance. And, and, and it's, it's a reliable effect. I've done it using EEGs. I've done it using functional MRIs. And so, of course, I accept non-locality. And, and of course, I accept resonance between macro structures like people at a distance. You'd have to be crazy not to. Uh, but that doesn't mean there isn't any locality at all. It means that you can, I think you can probably function locally and function non-locally. It's right. not an either or situation. Right. Um, and, and the non-local uh, uh, is probably not all that connected to the conscious mind. Um, I suspect that, that bodies and parts and such are going into resonant bonding at distances on a regular basis, but that doesn't mean consciousness is. And this goes back to your question about what's consciousness. Well, I don't know what it is. Uh, you know, I'm reasonably confident that I'm at least semi-conscious part of the time, uh, but I'm certainly not conscious about most things that, that I'm doing. I'm not conscious of me in any meaningful way. You know, so if you study biology and you're studying physiology and you're studying, you know, whatever part of the physiology you're studying, you're studying your conscious mind, the part, the little dinky part you're aware of, which is not particularly strong and relevant. You had difficulty memorizing a phone number for crying out loud. This little dinky pea brain that you have is trying to understand the real you. So people studying people is really bizarre because since we already know, we, I, I know how to reproduce the cells in my hand when I scrape them off. I know how to get my proteins to fold. I know how to get, I know how to get, I just don't know about it. So I'm on a need to know basis and I keep lots of secrets from me. <laughs> so which, which, which part of you is conscious? And then there's the dream state. You know, is that conscious if you're dreaming? That makes it even more complicated to me. What 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 is necessary as a pre the precursor of the phase lock of the the human brains? Was it a, they set their intention? They focused on a video. No, the other it's it, it, I I have a a gimmick technique uh, that I use in in healing and also experiments, uh, which involves very very rapid imaging. Um, and the, the rapid imaging, it turns out, causes uh, a harmonic in the brain that, at least when I did it, hadn't, had never been seen before. And then I can put that signal into your, your brain at a distance just in a passing thought. So, so you, you don't make it anything big. If, if, if I say I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach for a cup of water, you know, I mean, I don't make that a big deal. If I'm going to go into a phase lock with your brain... I don't make that any more of a big deal. You know, you don't ohm out, you don't flop on the floor, you're not trying to get into some mystical state of consciousness. Give me a break. You know, it's like walking. Uh, you, 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 can't, you can't dissect your own walking. You don't know how to walk. You just walk. You don't know how to do it. You could spend the rest of your life studying the physiology of walking and not be able to understand it, but you're still going to walk to work and study it. Right. And that's what I mean. Which part of that is you? The one that walks or the one that's studying walking? The one that, well, it all is, like you say, it's, it's not either or. Yeah, so wh which is your consciousness? The consciousness is the one that's aware of walking. Okay, well, that's a little pea brain. It doesn't have much juice. Right. The one that's aware of walking is not the one that knows how to walk. Right. I don't know how, if consciousness is primary, we're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> 
Because <laughs> our consciousness doesn't have a whole lot of juice connected to it. Well, do you think that the unconscious is conscious in its own way? Oh, yeah. You know, they're like there's all these communication systems. The cells are talking to each other, and yeah. there's all this activity. Yeah. Um, in in your book, the energy cure, and in hands on healing, a training course, do you spell out that kind of visualization that you use to get into that meditative state or whatever it is? It's not a meditative state. I'm doing it right now. You've actually never seen me not doing it. So are you thinking of an image? No, I'm just going through the images. I, any more than when I came up the stairs to come here, I wasn't thinking about walking up the stairs. I was just walking up the stairs. Uh, I'm not thinking of doing the imaging. The imaging is going on. It's going on normally for me. I've just practiced it a lot, so it's second nature to me. Anything that you're good at is mindless. Mm. If you're mindful... I mean, that's cute as a hobby because nothing good's on TV. Uh, but it, mindfulness will diminish efficacy in everything. If you pay attention to your walking, you'll trip. Mm. Just walk, which means let it go and be mindless. Mm. If you're, if you're cy uh, cycling, my, my mental gimmick, and you're, the newbies are practicing, you know, it's like the, learning how to ride a bike, you know. <laughs> Am I doing this right? Am I, you know, and then finally you go, screw it. You just ride the damn bike. Well, I mean, healing's the same way. If you're paying attention to your healing, you're out to lunch. If you're going out, if you're going into some, you know, zoned out state, you're doing this for your own amusement. Uh, but give me a break. It's, it has nothing to do with healing. Healing well, happens. Could you say something about the kind of imagery that you use to get into the um, healing state? I'm not in a healing state. My 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 system has nothing to do with healing. My system has to do with extreme rapid imaging of things that you want, uh, and they're very concrete and they're recognizable. So here's a thumb drive. I don't have a thumb drive now. I'm making this up. I would like a thumb drive. So my image is me holding a thumb drive. So I'll know when I get it. So if you're working with the mice, you're, the imagery is simply the mice are healthy. Oh, no, no. The imagery is I want a thumb drive. What if you're working with the mice? I, I still got an image. I want a thumb drive. I want to go. I want to be in Tahiti. Uh, I want. I want. I want. This is my my entire system is utterly based upon selfishness. And so I'm making a list, very concrete things of things that I want, and I'm I'm selfishly imaging those things that I want, and I'm doing it very, very, very rapidly. So I'm not distracted from what I'm doing now any more than if you and I walked down the street, I could still be talking to you. And you'd say, stop walking, pay attention. It wouldn't make any sense. Right. To tell me to stop cycling it equally doesn't make any sense. So the, the, you're, the, the images that you're thinking of that you want, I'm assuming that those are enjoyable or pleasurable things. Yeah, the things I want. And once I get them, i got to take them off the list. So, so what you're doing is putting yourself in a state of positive enjoyment. No. no. If you're thinking of Tahiti, you're not enjoying no, it? I'm not thinking about Tahiti at all. I'm going much too fast for that. When I say rapid imaging, I'm talking very, very, you, 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 without practicing it, you would be unable to comprehend how fast I'm going. 
So if you, uh, uh, this will be sound like an old joke, but you want to see me do a thousand images? You want to see me do it again? Now, if, if I just did a thousand images, and, and I did just to slow it down, but if I, if I just did a thousand images, I'm not daydreaming about Tahiti. I am perfectly here, present, and this stuff is going on in the background. When you're walking down the street, you're doing a thousand contractions of your muscles and nerves are firing and all that. You're not paying attention to it. You're walking down the street. I'm, I'm having a conversation with you, which is very different than daydreaming or wishful thinking or positive. There's nothing positive about what I do. Uh, it, 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 you're, not, you're, you're not trying to believe the stuff. You're, you're just doing it. You're just do- I don't believe I can walk. I can walk. So do you think maybe what you're doing when you're working with healing the rats is, I mean the mice, is that you're keeping your conscious mind busy so that that your unconscious can do the work? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. What I actually think, the most likely thing, but I can't back this up, is that I'm going into a a future where the mice are cured. Mm. That's, That's... that makes the most sense to me, but it's not of any particular use because I can't demonstrate it, prove it, test it in any real meaningful way. You said that healing probably happens not because of the healer, but because of the need of the healy, and the, that you do visualize energy coming down the left hand through the mice out your right hand. So there is, at least in the beginning, you did some kind of visualization. Uh, I do. I, I've done some sort of imagination, but there's people who don't experience that at all, and they heal just as well. So the the the, the sensations that you feel uh, or not feel, I think, are optional, and they're just gimmicks. You know, there's nothing sacred about what I'm doing. It's a gimmick. You know, and then there's probably a zillion other gimmicks that'll do whatever those those gimmicks can do, and all gimmicks gimmicks can be made better. But um, I've had sufficient numbers of uh, people take part in my experiments, faculty and students and such. They're all non-believers, so I don't know whether believers can heal, but but they're they're all non-believers and they're inexperienced. And in the the numbers that have have taken part in the experiments, there's there's a pretty good range uh, that goes between uh, people who are uh, sensitive uh, you know, and they experience things and they see things and all that kind of stuff to people who are insensitive bricks. Um, and, and so I think what we have done out there in healing land is um, we've mistaken the causal sequence of healing. I think that, uh, 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 that we've looked at the sensitives uh, who will feel, you know, stuff coming out their hands and arms, and they'll they'll see, you know, glows, and you know, and you, you, I mean, you're familiar with the the stuff that people say they can see. Well, these are sensitives, and and the sen- are sensitives able to heal? Yes, I mean, I say this from experiment. Yes, but you go, you can take the continuum, uh, and you can have insensitive bricks who you say you feel this, and you go, and they go, you know, what? And, and, you know, you, you put your hands around a cage of mice, what do you feel? What, what do you mean? You know, like that. They heal just as well. Uh, and, and, but, but the people who are flopping on the floor and getting all this crazy stuff, we think if we flop on the floor, that, that's the trick to healing. It has nothing to do with healing. It's an optional experience of healing. 
But what? So, why is so, why? so everybody everybody can do this stuff, but some experience it and some don't. And and so we've looked at the sensitives and, and inverted the sequence, and you know they're flopping on the floor, and therefore you think I need to flop on the floor before I can heal. And then you get manuals, and that, I mean, can you imagine anything so crazy? Imagine if someone put out a healing manual. I mean, it's too bizarre to contemplate. But and you chapter one, flop on the floor. <laughs> chapter two, meditate. Chapter three, you know, put your fingers this way, and that. I mean, this is madness. But you you've suggested that. Um, <clears throat> you may not need to have a human healer that if you found the frequency that the humans were generating you could replicate it and send the frequency to the mice and and they would heal just as well have you have you proceeded with that possibility yes yes i'm up to um i i just published a paper a couple of months ago in a traditional biology journal uh which shows that we've captured healing, I don't know if it's a signal, but we had a very, very elaborate system. Uh, we had 38 different kinds of detectors inside of a Faraday cage, and we there were three people inside the cage doing my technique on charging cotton. And we ran the 38 detectors, not knowing what we're doing, so we're just kind of throwing stuff at the wall. And then we collapsed that to a particular signal or to something, and then we played that to cancer cells. And there were 68 different significant genomic changes in the cancer cell reliably over seven iterations. I mean, this is not subtle, what I'm talking about. And so the cancer cells can recognize this signal. And they, and they grew? Th they, they, they got happy? I don't know if they got happy. Um, I got to give them like a you know a personality test later. But uh, I, I don't know if they got happy, but they certainly were able to recognize that uh, that something you know that that something is going on here, and 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 they responded. And we just finished a run uh, on mice. Uh, the 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 problem with uh, that we ran into it with mice is um, uh, the tumors grew like they did in our hands-on studies, and they ulcerated like they did in the hands-on studies. But the animal folks freaked out when they saw the ulceration, even though I had shown them the previous stuff. And they uh, they whacked them. Uh, so we we're now in the process of finishing up our studies on the uh, uh, on the blood and the tissue samples and the organs and such. But something clearly happened uh, from the recording. We couldn't take it to survival to see if we had a, a bottled cure, so to speak. Uh, I'm under uh, uh, I'm looking right now at various places and labs where I can a little more sympathetic animal group that'll let me see if I've cured you know if I have a cancer cure. Uh, so, uh, that, that would be widely, you know, we could just disseminate, It'd be kind of fun. Uh, and, um, so it, it, um, I should know a few months. Can you just do like a little bit at home? I mean, have a few. Oh, sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we, you know, we can play it and all that, but, but, uh, uh whether it, it actually is in and of itself as is, Will it cure cancer in an animal, mouse or human? Oh, I don't know yet. So you're, I mean, you're significant things happened, uh, but I don't know whether that results functionally in a cure. Um, should know in a few months, but but I mean you know so by not subtle things happen. For example, the spleens grew by five hundred percent. You know I mean that's that's not a subtle statistical effect. These these are monstrous effects. Yeah. 
but does it result in cure? I don't know. Well, you suggested that what happens in healing is the immune system gets triggered. The the mouse immune system gets. That's what we think. Yeah, that's what we think. And and we're doing the immunology right now on on what we could, but we didn't take it all the way. Um, the, the the preliminary data on the blood suggest an immune response, but you know I can't. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty conservative in what I say, sure. so I don't I don't know for sure, you know that that is that it's it's a little premature. It's let, let me just say that the data that are coming in are, are extremely hopeful. When you talk about a signal, is that like a delta brainwave? What no. what what do you mean by a signal? I. I First of all, I don't think there's any energy in energy healing. Um, I think there's uh, information. And uh, I, I think that the information is probably riding on some sort of an energy system. Uh, the analogy would be um, a radio station. Uh, You've you got a power transmitter, uh, but a power transmitter in and of itself doesn't do anything for you. You got to put information on it, you know. So I get on the mic and I say something. It's in, think of it like an information packet riding a wave. I think healing is an information packet that uh, talks I, to the immune I, system. And and I and I think that the information packet is coming on the request of the healing. So yeah. you would need a method of delivery, and I got some speculation about that. And, and you, but you need the information packet. Now, this is better as a metaphor than it is to, really of anything of substance because, you know, the bottom line is, I don't know. And, 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 and my recommendation would be to run from anybody who thinks they know. Yeah, you said somewhere you don't like believers or belief oh, systems. They, they, they scare me. Yeah. They scare me because some people actually believe their own beliefs, you know, and that's, that's – <laughs> and I approach anybody, no matter who I'm talking to, and I assume they're wrong. <laughs> and, and so everybody can relax because I am too. So, But I don't understand what this signal is. Is it a frequency? Is it – do you deliver it electronically? What is the signal that you oh, – I deliver it on a stereo. So it's a sound? No, you can't hear it. It's a frequency. It's a there is there is a frequency involved. The frequency is such that your your ears couldn't pick it up. Well, that doesn't and, mean it's and, and and some of our detectors uh, th there is no frequency at all. So there's I don't know what's there, but we had two scalar field detectors, uh, and those seem to have helped. Uh, so the scalar field detectors, if you put it on a, on a, on a gizmo to try to figure out what the frequency is, there's no frequency there at all. But you can still replicate it. Yeah. So your job is to figure out what is efficacious in the midst of all these measurements. Yeah. Of, yeah. 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 And the real job that I'd like to do is to figure out what really is going on, but I'm not even close to that. Uh, you know, I have speculative ideas, but, you know, calling it consciousness doesn't help. But information you know, does not really, suggest something. You know, yeah, sort of, but, I, I mean, nobody knows. I, I don't know. I don't know if we're asking the right questions. I just don't know. When, when you worked with the mice that 
ordinarily lived seven, 27 days after being injected with the, the mammary cancer cells, after you did the hands-on healing, how long did they live as an average after the 27 days when they were supposed to die? Full lifespan. Which is what for a mouse? I have no idea. Two years. About two years. Oh. So you would think that there would be a lot of interest from cancer research institutions and that kind of thing in, in your work, but I'm guessing not. No, there's, there's interest. Uh, there, there's actually, I mean, I don't know what, what the right amount of interest there should be, but I've, I've spoken at a bunch of medical schools uh, in departments of oncology. Um, I, I've done experiments at the medical schools in departments of oncology. Um, I think that, that, you know, there's head scratching and you're trying to figure out what to do with it, but, you know, the, 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 there's a whole gamut of response, like a priori, you're nuts, um, and to, wow, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen, I don't know what to do with it, you know. Um, but, but, you know, the healings happen in the medical school, what, what are you going to do? They, it happens. So you got a choice then. Do I turn around and walk away or do I pay attention? Well, most people have other things that they're trying to work on too. So, you know, they have lives and, you know, weird stuff like that. So I wouldn't say it's been universally antagonistic. Um, I would say it's been equally antagonistic from the alternative healing community. How so? They don't believe it. Can't be. Uh, it's too much. It's too much for the people doing alternative healing to believe what we seem to be able to produce routinely. That that, that you could do it without a human being, you mean? No, that even the, 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 the stuff with the mice, because other people have tried these mice and nothing happens. And it's just too much. You can't wrap yourself around. So, so there, there are uh, the, 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 the alternative, I would say that I don't know that there's more there probably isn't more antagonism from the conventional as there is from the unconventional world. Hmm. I think they're equally close-minded. Hmm. That's interesting. They, they just believe they just believe different stuff. Well, but what you what what's contradictory to what you're saying? I mean, that's the basis of of alternative complementary medicine is that you um, you use in, intention and by frequencies or whatever it's you know that's part of the my effect sizes are too strong they don't believe it oh well i'm sure you, you know replication is obviously the gold standard have other scientists replicated in their labs the same kind of outcomes with their cancer injected mice i don't know anyone who's i have 16 replications i know uh, you do i i don't know of anyone who's tried to replicate it that's the issue, huh? I've ha I've certainly had requests. Um, I've 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 encouraged it. Uh, you know, I don't have my methods aren't a secret. I I, I welcome it. Uh, I have some grant applications out now to see if we can do that and, and get it going in multiple labs. Can can do people have efficacy in healing the mice if they don't use your visualization? If they just think, oh, I'd like to go out with Susie and I. I'm hungry and we tried that uh, the mice died Wow that's profound yeah, yeah it's, it's reasonably interesting oh it's very interesting yeah 
So again, you, your guess is that there's some kind of information that passes to the immune system of the diseased animal. I think in the case of, of, of cancer, yes. But it, it, uh, I don't think everything involving healing is related to the immune system. Um, I, I don't, I mean, if it, it, my stuff seems to work on, on this, but there's all sorts of other stuff it doesn't seem to work on. So, and, and there are other healing techniques where the other stuff uh, doesn't work or uh, works and mine doesn't and vice versa. You know, so mine's not, you know, the panacea that fixes everything by any means. Um, uh, mine has, I don't know of anybody who's done comparative stuff to see, you know, does this technique versus that technique versus the other technique, um, what are the differential effects? So I, that, that's an open area for research. So yours may just work on compromised immune systems. No, we got way, way past that. Um, ours seems to be best as a general rule, but there are exceptions, uh, and this is human stuff, but it's not, it's not systematic. Uh, our stuff seems to, to work best taking away things that are, are you don't want, than, than reproducing or producing things that are missing. So multiplying cancer cells, you take them no. away. So for example, uh, we've had virtually no effect on Parkinson's disease. Um, and and uh, the the in Parkinson's you're missing something. Uh, we and, and so we don't seem to be able to stimulate the thing you're missing. Which is dopamine or something in the yeah, brain. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, the the uh, on the other hand, we have tremendous success with Alzheimer's. Wow. Oh, because there's too uh, much plaque. You got you got crap in the brain. Yeah. The, the crap goes away. You know, and and so it happens quickly and dramatically. Um, and, and, and so, you know, as a, all, all forms of inflammation go away uh, with this. Uh, but if you're missing something, we don't seem to be very good at it. Now, there may be other healing techniques that are good at that. Uh, so, so we have, we're good at, I mean, I, these aren't all uh, in, inflammation or, or immune system related. We're very good with depression. We can do bipolar and get rid of cataracts. We can get rid of uh, irritable bowel syndrome. We can get rid of cancers. We can get rid of any inflammation. We can, you know, all, all, all that kind of, we fixed aortas, uh, we, we, you know, all that stuff. These are not all inflama uh, uh, um, immune based. And those are not just in mice, those are in humans as well? In humans. Yeah, in humans. So it's, it's interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, you, I read somewhere that in some of your, your, your skeptical student healers, we'll call them, some of their mice died of the, from the skeptics, but the mice they had at home didn't die. So there, it, that suggests there is something about the intention or the belief system of the healer. No. Uh, none of them were believers, uh, but some of them felt uncomfortable doing it. Uh, and the ones that died were biology students treating mice in the lab. They were embarrassed because they thought they it was like woo-woo? They were embarrassed. They didn't believe in healing. Nobody in my experiments believes in healing. You uh, selected never, I don't know for sure whether a believer can heal. I've never tested one because they scare me. Mm -hmm. 
and you just did some kind of test. Do you believe this kind of thing is possible? If well, I ask. If you believe, if if you say, "Oh yes, I believe that stuff," I you can't be in my experiments. Right. So the embarrassment was the problem for the biology students. They because they, they were. So. It was a negative thing they were sending out. Yeah, I think so, yeah. It wasn't just like, oh, this is boring. It was like, oh, this is creepy. Healing is boring. No matter what you're doing, healing is boring. I don't know that there's anything more boring than healing. I can't think of anything more boring than healing. Well, if you're, you do, you're, ordinarily you would do this a session for an hour with hands on the cage? Uh, it depends on the protocol of the experiment. Sometimes it's an hour... We've done half-hour experiments, 45-minute experiments, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so what did, what did you tend to find in terms of who, who is most successful? Like, are women more successful because they're not as no. much ego involved? So no. The, no. you didn't find any differences except embarrassed people. <laughs> when they're embarrassed, they're, like, shrinking and they, you know, get away from me. Uh, that, that seems to retard the healing. That's so interesting. Yeah. So the the way this all started for you was when you met Bennett Mayrick, who um, was a healer and healed your back. What, yep. What, what? How did you get involved with meeting him? And did you think it was really freaky? Yeah, it was it was extremely freaky. <laughs> uh, the the I, I I met him at a pool. You know, I was lifeguarding. Nothing more exotic than that, um, and and he had. I watched him and tested him and tried to make the effect go away because I didn't believe this crap, um, and and uh, failed uh, making it go away, and uh, he morphed into a healer and fixed my back, and so I could either walk away or pay attention, and for better or for worse, I I paid attention and tried to figure out what in heaven's name happened to me because I certainly didn't believe it, but I can't deny it happened. I used to have a chronic bad back. I don't have one anymore. How old were you roughly when you got involved with meeting him? 21. Oh, you were young. Hmm. And then did you, what, what got you started in doing the research with the mice? Uh, frustration at doing people. Um, you don't learn enough from people. Uh, so we, we did a few hundred people, uh, fixed them. Um, but it was, you know, so what, you know, you come in, you have whatever you have and you go hocus pocus and they don't have it anymore. So what, uh, I, I don't know what, what did that. Uh, I don't know if it was, uh, time that did it, uh, was going to happen anyway. It was, uh, grapefruit. It was a multivitamin, you know, and, and so I couldn't control the, there are too many factors in people. I can't unravel it. It's, it's too, many too variables. hard. And I mean, there was some stuff, we, we, we fixed some stuff that, that, I mean, it clearly wasn't a coincidence. Uh, uh, so we, for example, fixed gangrene. You know, uh, gangrene doesn't spontaneously remit. Uh, so, it, you know, I know that something happened, but I, I don't have a whole lot of gangrenous people. <laughs> you know, that I, can, you know, I hate when that happens. You was know, your gangrene out there. So you, you and um, Mayrick would just put hands over the, the problem area? Yeah, and just kind of wing it, and and so we we, we we found you know some things didn't work then and still don't work. Some things work quick, you know. So malignant growths work very fast. Uh, so if I was going to go test this, I want to go with something that I know 
I've seen reliably in in the in the real world, and that's that's how the cancer was chosen. So I, I just wanted a model that that you know there was no chance that it could be a coincidence. So you, uh, could, you get somebody, you, you get a human. There's very few things that there aren't any spontaneous remissions of in humans. Gangrene is one, uh, but but you know again there's not a lot of gangrenous gangrenous people uh, go, going around. But there are people you know no matter what cancer they have it it goes away. You know uh, there's not a lot, but but there's some and there are compilations of people who've had spontaneous remissions. Um, and all of that, and it, it happens. So if, if, if you come in and you go hocus pocus and you leave and you're a good card-carrying believer that this is wrong, you can say, oh, it's a spontaneous remission. You know, if you, what are the odds of getting 100 in a row? You know, it gets a little outlandish, but, but you, you understand. And on any individual case, you could say, well, it was going to happen anyway. In the mice, that's not the case. Right. So you've been working on these experiments since your 20s? On and off, yeah. On and off. And how I did you... 35 years under my belt of doing experiments. How did you find um, university labs that would um, let you do hands-on healing? Oh, they usually come to me. Um, I, 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 get, I just wait and funding and money and labs come to me. Because you're thinking, I need funding and no, labs. no, no, no. It just, it just happens. Well, um, so what is banana mummification? Oh, it's it's a it's an interesting phenomenon discovered by the great Bernard Grad. Um, it 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 uh, he discovered uh, decades ago that uh, th there was a guy who could. He held bananas. <laughs> they had to be type one or type, stage one or stage two bananas, very green. And he would, and then they would they would uh, bypass the normal autolytic process, and they would just turn into wood. Uh, I, I have a on the mantelpiece here. I have a, a 35 year old banana, uh, and they're actually wood bearing insects, uh, boring insects inside Can of this banana. Can you show us? Can you show uh, us? Oh, uh, it's it it. It's a little. <laughs> I'd have to disappear for a while and go find it, but okay. um, it's it, it, it's interesting. Uh, and so, Grad simply discovered this phenomenon, and I took it a little over the edge. So, with a buddy of mine, a biologist in um, in at Washington, in Washington State, um, uh, we've done I think forty four different banana mummification experiments now at this point. Uh, and and it's reasonably interesting. Uh, a lot of people can do this. Has to be at stage one or two. We found, uh, but among the more interesting phenomena, I don't know how it's related to healing. I was looking for a down and dirty model that would be um, an alternative to mice because it's a it's a pain to set up an experiment with mice. Um, it's kind of involved and it takes a takes a lot of effort. Uh, but you can get bananas, you know. <laughs> And so um, I thought this would be great if I could just, you know, start an iteration with, with bananas. But we discovered some recently interesting things uh, among them uh, that you can't do a banana from a distance. Uh, you can do a mouse from a distance. We've done mice experiments at 2,000 miles uh, and, and healed just fine. Um, but uh, if you, can't, you can't even be an inch away from a banana. It won't mummify 
You actually need to make contact. And do you have to set an intention that it mummify, or I mean, or can you just hold it? If you're holding a banana, you've already set the intention. Well, the intention could be I'm going to peel it and eat it. I don't know if it would mummify them. You wouldn't want to peel and eat a stage one or two banana. Uh, it, it would, you, you wouldn't do it. You wouldn't do it. First of all, you'd have difficulty peeling it, and by the time you bit into it, you'd spit it out. Okay. We, we, are, not, we are not evolutionarily uh, designed to eat stage one and two uh, bananas. We need them already to have been rotted. That's what a yellow banana is. It's a rotten piece of fruit. Mm. So we don't we can't eat things unless it's rotten. Mm. But your the purpose was to see if that um, intent could change the chemistry of the banana. Uh, the purpose was to see what are the parameters under which bananas will mummify. Hmm. Can you unmummify them, or it's a done deal? I never tried. I my. <laughs> Too bizarre for me to try. <laughs> you should try because then you could take some mummified bananas on a trip, and then when you were hungry, you could unmummify them and eat them. And in the meantime, I could use them as doorstops and you know all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> you you mentioned somewhere that you know how placebo studies work, which I think is really the key. How? What's your explanation? I think placebos are, the, are, are an example of non-locality, uh, and they're actually resonantly bonded groups. So that if you have uh, a group, one group taking, let's say, an active drug, and another group getting a placebo, if these groups are bonded together, the stimulus of the, of the drug-taking group will actually stimulate a real effect, a physiological effect, in the, uh, in the, in the placebo group. Uh, and, and so I think that placebos are a function of group bonding, resonant bonding. And so I, I get placebo effects also in mice. Um, I get placebo effects in cell cultures. Okay. I don't, I don't think cell cultures have a whole lot of psychological stuff going on in there. I don't think we have to suggest to them to have the little yellow pill. And I don't think we have to go in there with white coats, but the, the cells uh, the cells bond together, and if I stimulate these, these get stimulated. If I bond mice together and these get treated, these also get treated. Do they get bonded just by proximity? I don't know the rules. But if you're if you're working with bonded things, how do you bond them? Uh, that that's one of the things I'm trying to to unravel. So I, I don't know how, I mean, what you're really asking is how come on Monday you love your dog and Tuesday you hate your dog? That's really what you're asking. Um, and it's not the dog, it's the bond. And so we've all felt an attraction to and a repulsion from the same thing. Um, that's the bond. And you're really asking me what makes you love your dog Monday and hate your dog Tuesday? That, that's a tough problem. You know that it exists, but I don't know really how to how to do that, and I don't really know what the rules are. So what what you're saying is, if you have these cells and you do this procedure to them, the cells that are in proximity will respond the same way, even if they don't have that thing done to them. Yeah. But but can you do it with 
this from where they're not in the same room? I can certainly do mice that are not in the same room. But did they have to be near each other, have proximity at some point? I don't know. I don't know. They all have. So the mice, you get a, you order a hundred mice, you know, and you split them up into groups. They, they, I don't know whether the bonding is due to the consciousness of the researcher, the shared experiences of the mice, the consciousness of the mice. Uh, I, I, you know, this is to date, this is all past my pay grade. So you, you could just get mice that were from a different batch in one building and mice from a different batch in the other building and see if they responded. If the control Yeah, my guess is they, they wouldn't. Yeah. So that's my guess, but I yeah. can't tell you for sure. Well, the, the way to, it would be, the only way you could, ex that would be fun would be to say my intention is that the control group responds. And we could try that too. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff to do. I'll say. <laughs> there's one or two things that we still don't know. <laughs> um, you said that believers can retard healing. Is that because their ego gets involved? That I want to heal this and I want to be a powerful healer? I, I, I mean, I think all other things being equal, belief does not add to the equation. Um. Just do the stuff, you know. And, and, and you, people who believe stuff have a tendency to go out of their way to try to reinforce their own beliefs. And so then they infuse themselves in. So I believe this, you know, I have to prove this. I have to, my, my identity is, uh, my self-respect is tied up in this. You know, it's, you know, that, that, that kind of, everybody's full of it. Give me a break, relax, just do stuff. Mm. Again, I don't. I don't believe I can walk. I can walk. Right. I don't believe in gravity. So. <laughs> but if someone hypnotized you and said, "Doctor Bangston, you cannot walk. You have forgotten how to walk," you probably would not be able to walk. Know. I don't know. Maybe. Again, there's one or two things left to know. <laughs> what What is What's your current and future interests? What are you um, most curious about at this point? Uh, whether, whether I can make a widely scalable cure for cancer, Alzheimer's, and a number of other things. We're, we're, we're hoping to start now some Alzheimer's mice studies um, and, and to see whether or not it, 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 if, if, it, if the experiment experimental recordings uh, mirror what happens when you do it live, then um, uh, we, we should be, you know, it should work on a variety of things and we, we need to, to, to actually test that. How do you yeah. um, give mice Alzheimer's? Do you just put plaque in their brains? Uh, they're bred. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's a genetic thing. Well, yeah. There's, there's, we're looking into it right now. I mean, literally right now. Um, uh, I don't know what percentage have it, whether it's, I don't know whether it's carried genetically. I'm not sure. Okay. Do they have it since as, as pups or do they, do they only get Alzheimer's as they age? Well, I think symptomatically they're only going to have it when they age. Uh, but, but, but 
whether the, 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 there is no known cause of Alzheimer's. We don't know what makes some brains have plaque and not others. Yeah, and there's a whole bunch of diseases like that too. You just don't know. It's, it's you know, it, does it follow in this? Is this the cause? I don't know. Have you had any health issues where you could apply this to your own healing? Oh, sure. Yeah. I, 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 uh, I, I, a couple of years ago, I, I played tennis. I shattered, stretched, and destroyed my um, hamstring. Um, I was supposed to be in rehab for six months or so. I, I treated cotton. I wrapped cotton. I wrapped it around my leg at night and go to sleep. Um, I was I played in a tournament in five weeks. Wow. So you did you right now I, I, I ripped my <laughs> people who play tennis are idiots. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 just a couple of weeks ago I uh, uh, tore my meniscus. Uh, just had an MRI. I tore some ligaments, some meniscus. I, yeah. I tore this. I tore that. I'm supposed to be on crutches. I'm walking fine. When you treated the cotton, what did you do to it? You thought your images? Yeah, just normally. Hold a piece of cotton, and and we teach this in the workshops and stuff. People uh, um, treat cotton. We mail it around the world. And is this explained in your um, your CD, Hands On Healing? Yeah. So someone could get that and get some of the basics. Yeah, there are people who allege to, to I've never met, and, and I get emails from all over the world. They say they've listened to Hands On Healing. They did the Hocus Pocus, and they're claiming this, 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 and this. I don't believe them, of course, but, but you know, they're claiming they've cured you know, all this stuff. But you I should keep track of it. You should. I should, but I don't. Oh, you should. It's good data. It's good data. I know. I know. It's I know. anecdotal, but it's, yeah. it's juicy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to look at um, other research institutes, like you mentioned, um, the the Re Institute for Discovery. Oh, Scientific Discovery, huh? Society for Scientific Society. Discovery. Yeah, my my Sci scientific patient. exploration. Yeah, yeah, the Society for Scientific Exploration. And did you help found that? No, I I, I didn't. I didn't even know about it till nineteen ninety nine. Um, and I, uh, my, one of my partners in healing research said, there's this crazy group of people, uh, doing this weird stuff. You have to come and present our mice data. And I said, okay. So I went there and I said, these people are all crazy. It was fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, that's where I met Larry Dossi for the first time, you know, for example, uh, I met Jacques Benvenis there. I met, I met, I met, you know, all, all, all that kind of stuff and, uh, friendships were born. Um, now I'm the president of the, of the place, so it's it's uh, it's a it's a great group of people. It's a great group of people uh, all around the world, uh, investigating, doing research into weird stuff. What's the Monterey Institute for the Study of Alternative Healing Arts? I read read that in your material somewhere. Yeah, that that I don't know if that exists anymore. It's, it's actually that the at the first SSE I went to, uh, the 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 head of that was there. You know, and, and that's all I know. But past that, I don't know really anything about it. I'm not associated with them. What about the University of Virginia? They're they're doing after consciousness after death they, kind of studies. They, 
they do a lot of interesting stuff there. Uh, uh, th this is in uh, uh, actually the the legal address of the SSE is uh, somebody's post office box from the University of Virginia, um, and uh, uh, but they, they that they one of the founders of the SSE was Ian Stevenson, uh, reincarnation. The who looked into reincarnation and all that. Uh, and uh, that, that stuff is going on there. There's an Ian Stevenson library now at the University of Virginia. And um, they're, they're doing uh, uh, a lot of EEG stuff, and they're, they're looking to see how bonding occurs at a distance, and they're looking at, and they're looking at, and they're looking at. I mean, really good stuff. And they, they have some data there that's really quite extraordinary about essentially, a, I'll, I'll take it, I don't think it's too strong a word to say it, it's a proof that consciousness is not the brain. I, I, I mean, I think they, Bruce Grayson in particular started that, and, and we had you know proof of flatline people, and and still they have awareness in distant places and, and, and all of that. It's uh, the work there is, is is top of the line. It's a good place. Um, who would you suggest that I talk to there? Bruce Grayson said no to me. Uh, what, which part are you trying to get to? Ed Kelly? He said no. Who else said no? Those two. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know who else to ask. Um, Ross? Is that a last name? No, Ross um, uh, Dunny. He's doing some EEG stuff, uh -huh. so he'd be a possibility. What's his last name? Uh, Jim Tucker. You could do. I I I emailed him. I haven't heard from him. Yeah, Ross Dunny. Okay. I don't. I'm not sure how to spell it exactly. Okay, I can find he, it. Yeah, he um, does some he does some good stuff. Um, Edge Science Science Journal. Ed. Edge. Oh, Edge, Edge Science? Yeah. Edge Science is the magazine for the SSE. Ah, okay. Uh, we have an academic journal, which is a traditional peer-reviewed journal, JSE, the Journal of Scientific Exploration. Uh, but we also have a general, um, a general part, which is just a, a, a you know a, a magazine that does unorthodox pieces. Okay, good. Um, are there other people, organizations, journals that you think are doing research of note? Yeah, Larry's journal, Explore. Yeah, I have that. Yeah. IONS. Yeah. You know, they're not too, sh it depends what you're looking for, but, but you know, they're, they're, they're good stuff. Um... So, let me ask you this, the, this is to get back to kind of sociology, the, the world situation looks bad. I mean, there's, there's not just Trump, there's Bolsonaro and there's Putin and the you know, autocrats around the world, the climate change and climate change deniers. Do you feel pessimistic or do you feel optimistic that somehow we'll make it through this dark period? Well, I don't. I don't connect the two. I, I, I'm fairly optimistic, 
that the species is an evolutionary mistake and will eliminate us. Uh, but I don't see that as pessimistic. <laughs> I don't. You think uh, humans are a mistake? Yeah, I think they're an evolutionary mistake. Um, I, I don't, I mean, we're the only self-destructive species on a grand scale. Uh, the, 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 the thinking cortex doesn't fit with the amygdala. Um, and so the, the territoriality of the reptilian brain, if you superimpose the thinking cortex on that, is self-destructive. Mm. Uh, so I, I hate you, you hate me, we throw rocks at each other, but after a while we got nuclear weapons, and it's the same, same emotion. Um, the tribalism, the, you know, this all reptilian. Um, and so I suspect that, you know, most species, they last for a little while and they're gone. Uh, I think we're going to take care of ourselves. I don't, I don't see that as pessimistic. Mm. I think it's, you know, nature weeding out. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. That's um, not pessimism, that's optimism. What do you do for fun? And as a person who has a family and research and teaches and writes and does research and is president of the organization, what do you do besides tennis? Well, I, I have to keep healing myself because I'm an idiot and I keep playing tennis. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know where I don't have fun. I, I think just about everything I do is fun. Hmm. So I don't stop and then go have fun. I'm having fun all the time. Do you have kids? Yeah. Do you have grandkids? Yeah. Are they fun? <laughs> They're short. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the the um. I don't I didn't I don't think I asked you the question about when have been the most difficult times because I think that's a a useful kind of thing to think about for listeners readers. How did you cope with difficult times? Cycle and you wait. So what, what's an example of a big challenge in your life? People you know getting sick, things like that. So you just wait it through? Wait. Do you um, meditate besides the imagery? No. no. I've tried it. I'm not very good at it. Monkey mind? I don't, I don't do it as a regular basis. Hmm. And it sounds like, um, as an academic, you've been able to keep any skeptics at your institution at bay in terms of how come a sociologist is doing this kind of work with mice. It depends who's at bay. So I've had bad times there, too. So I've had you know administrators, deans, provosts like that, you know, give me a hard time. Uh, they're just idiots. Um, you know, you, they have to go through life being idiots, so how bad can you, you know, you feel bad for them. Uh, but that's why God invented tenure. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, what do you, are, are you teaching now? Yeah. What do you teach besides statistics? I teach research methods, I supervise theses. And do you find that um, these students 
are different than they were decades ago? Because some people say these are entitled, narcissistic, fragile teacups who had helicopter parents, and they. I think that's accurate. I think that's accurate. Yeah, I think the worst thing that could have happened to the generation is uh, the invention of the iPhone. Uh, I think that's the, I mean, that may be part of the world, you know, resetting itself and clearing it out, but um, I think it's harmful. I, I, I see nothing but, I, all those things you described, I think, are there, uh, plus you have an addicted um, generation. I feel sorry for them. I think if anybody wants a good business model, it'd be cell phone enders. You know, so, a 12 program and... Uh. And, and, you know, claim I can't, it's not like I'm powerless in the, in the, in the face of Steve Jobs and, and uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. I think it's very scary. They, they do have them. The Chinese have them. I've heard of them here, like people who are addicted to the, their screens. Yeah. yeah. Do you think it's, you know, you know the, they start in kindergarten with screens, with iPads and stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah, and, and that may be part of the of nature just weeding itself out. Um, there, there's increasing work coming out of folks like Martin Paul, who which indicate that the, the, the radiation from these things is destroying the genome. And and so uh, that may be the you know, one of the contributing factors to our demise. That's okay. <laughs> but you, you know, know we, there's such we should, go ahead. We shouldn't take ourselves so personally. But when you think of, you know, Beethoven and Picasso and Michelangelo and Jesus and Buddha, there, there's these exalted, creative, incredible beings. So it would seem sad to lose those kind of humans. Well, I'm pretty sure Beethoven hasn't been uh, uh, very productive lately. And he and I have the same cell phone service. But... Um, it, 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 you know, there, there's good and bad. There'll be others. There'll be a new natural rebound. You know. Do you think that there's um, humanoids on other solar systems, other planets? I don't know if they're humanoid, but I would assume there's life. Yeah. Um, is there anything that else that you would like included about your work, about your conclusions no I, I would say if, if, if folks are really interested you know check check out my website bankstonresearch.com it's about to have an upgrade um, and uh, come play with us you know we got communities all over the world playing with this stuff and they're, they're folks who like to help um, what are they called people you know my, my job is to save rodents um, but but everybody else is uh, going out and helping the uprights, but I don't know why, but, but you know, if, if you want to join in with us, we're having fun. And do you, with charged cotton, that's the secret, right? <laughs> no, no, they're, they're, they're going out and just doing it. They're doing it with their hands, they're doing it with cotton, they're doing it from a distance, they're doing it all over the place. I mean, I don't believe half of the crap, but they're telling me they're doing it. <laughs> well, you need before and after pictures. There's a way to verify, right? Doctors. No, not necessarily, because, I don't know, Photoshop. <laughs> Doctors' diagnoses. We um, have that. We got them. Yeah. Um, 
Okay. And is there, last question, is there, I'm going to, I'll send you the list again of who I've interviewed and I'd, I'd love it if you'd say, oh, pfft, you should really talk to so-and-so. Okay. Okay. Sure. Thank you very much. This was really fun and interesting. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Good luck. Thanks. See ya. See ya.